What employees want and bosses wish they knew. Clint Pulvers, I love it here. Employees want to feel appreciated, understood, and like they're part of something bigger. Bosses wish they knew how to better manage their team, give feedback, and create a culture of appreciation. In this video, Clint Pulver shares his insights from talking with thousands of employees and bosses about job satisfaction and what it takes to love your work. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. I'm excited for you to be here today. You're going to love our guest, and you are about to go on a wellness driven ride. for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And let me introduce our guest for today. Clint Pulver is a professional keynote speaker, author, musician, pilot, and workforce expert. Known as the leading authority on employee retention, Clint has transformed how corporations like Keller Williams, AT&T, and Hewlett Packard create lasting loyalty through his work and research as the undercover millennial. He has been featured by Business Q Magazine as a top 40 under 40, and as a professional drummer, he has appeared in featured films and on America's Got Talent. In 2020, Clint won an Emmy Award for his short film, Be a Mr. Jensen, which tells the story of how a single moment in time and one particular mentor can change the course of a life. Please help me welcome Clint. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, Clint. Thank you so much for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show. It's an honor to have you here today. Yeah, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. So let's start by giving a little bit of a background of you so our audience can get to know you. Yeah, so for the last uh, six and a half years, I've traveled the world as a professional keynote speaker, and I uh, play the drums professionally, and I've done that for 24 years, and uh, I'm an author. I wrote a, a, a book called I Love It Here, and it was based off of my research as the undercover millennial, where I would go into organizations as someone who was young enough and looking for a job, and I got the unscripted truths of what great leaders were doing in the workplace, uh, what were they doing to keep people? What were they doing to help create an environment where people like themselves best because they were at work? And so now I spend uh, a good amount of my time traveling the globe, sharing that message, sharing my research, 
and uh, just trying to make the world a little bit of a better place. And I love it. You do a fabulous job doing that too. And I, I mean, I've seen a little bit of what you do for your audience when you're at your engagements. And one of my favorite parts, and I always say this to any of the key speakers that I have seen and gotten to experience, but the ones that really engage an audience and you truly do that right with drumming. And so, you know, not only is it just through our voice and that motivational factor, but there's the sound of music and, you know, the beating of a drum and how that really gets us moving. And there's, you know, a bit of a tribal essence to that. Absolutely. I mean, the drums are, are all about time. They're all about the rhythm. They're really the foundation of music. Uh, the melody uh, comes second and it is always corresponding to the rhythm, the time signature that the music is being played in. And most of the time that is set and established by the drums. That's our job is to keep that, that, that time, to keep that pulse in the music and it moves the band, it moves the melody, and obviously it moves the audience at the same time. Mm, it does. And so have you found that it has made a bigger impact with your audience when you incorporate that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I, when I speak, I call it, it's, it's not, it's not a keynote, it's an experience. Yes. And the goal in the keynote is to create moments. I think if you look at your life and what makes it a great story, it's the moments. That's what we remember. We don't remember days in our lives. We remember moments. Mm. And so in the keynote, the drums help to create those significant moments. I tell a story of a teacher that changed my life as a kid. I was someone in my young years that always had a hard time sitting still. I still have a hard time sitting still and I would sit and I would tap and move in class and everybody saw this issue. They saw this limitation. And I had one teacher uh, that, that looked at me and he said, I, I don't think you're a problem. I just think you're a drummer. And he reached back in his desk and he opened up his top drawer and he reached inside and he took out my very first pair of drumsticks and changed my life. And for 24 years, I've had the opportunity to tour and record all over the world as a professional drummer. And now I take that story uh, on stage, but I tell the story third person and they have no idea that I'm the kid in the story. And then I reveal that and then we reveal the drums on stage and I sit down and we rock the house in this epic drum solo experience that takes the audience on a ride. It's one thing to talk about influence in our lives. It's another thing to actually experience it and to see what it can look like and to feel that. And it's done in a very moving and inspiring way that creates a moment that hopefully impacts others to do the same thing that Mr. Jensen did in my life. We are very blessed for Mr. Jensen to have inspired you in such a way to move forward in the way that you do and in such an impactful way. And when we start to talk about how it's it's an experience that you're creating. And that's what we remember. It's how we feel the feeling locked in that behind that. Now, when we start going into our relationships within our careers mm -hmm. and, you know, with all of the interviews that you conducted, you know, would you say that that is the same, not only when you're giving that experience to an audience, you know, and you're, you know, exciting a crowd, but would you say that in a, you know, boss and employee relationship? 
Yeah, 100%. I think it's about creating an ultimate experience when people are with you. Do they like themselves best? How do people experience you? And then how do they experience themselves when they're with you? Whether you're a boss, whether you're a parent, whether you're a mother, a father, a friend in a relationship, a spouse, a partner. Um, ultimately, I believe everybody in our lives is always asking us the question, let me know when it gets to the part about me. And then sometimes we hear that and we think, well, those entitled little shining stars in my life, <laughs> you know, let me know when it gets to the part about me. And, and I would say it's not so much about entitlement as it is about just good business, good relationships, good parenting. How do we bring a sense of humanity back into what we do? And I believe that no significant loyalty, whether it's in work, no significant loyalty in your relationships is ever going to happen without significant connection. We have to connect with the other individual. We have to get to the part about them. And when people achieve that, that's where the magic takes place. That's where we create lasting relationships, moments, experiences where people actively choose you because you chose them. Right. And I agree with you. Let's not look at it as, oh, someone's being egotistical. It's just a matter of fact, right? That people, you know, on a very human level want to talk about themselves and they want to share their experiences and what they have going. And when you, you know, tune into that and just listen, then it really makes a more powerful statement. Agreed. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So now you have conducted thousands of interviews. Let's jump a little bit into that. What are some of the key takeaways that that you found and you you put it in your book? Yeah, I th th there's there's many. I think the key foundational thing is when people hated their jobs, they always described a mentor. When people loved their jobs, they talked about a mentor. Mentorship was a unique thing that we discovered in our research uh, because mentorship is a really unique uh, principle because mentorship has to be earned. You cannot become the mentor in somebody's life until they invite you into their heart. You can't become the mentor until the mentee invites you into their heart. And mentorship was really unique because it's not necessarily leadership. Mentorship was not uh, necessarily management. Um, if you if you look at your life and, and if you've ever had a mentor in your life, you chose them. They were not assigned to you. You you chose them because when you looked at them, you said, you're going to help me live a better story. You're going to connect me to something more. And the, the really the five key foundational things that allowed a manager to become a mentor and not just a manager, I, we called them the five C's of mentorship. And it was an individual that was confident, credible, competent candid and had the ability to care for the mentee in a way that got to the part about them. Those, those five C's were fundamental. Um, and, and that's what people stayed longer for. That's what people worked harder for. That's what people wanted to go above and beyond for was an individual that, that was a mentor in their life. How do we advocate for people instead of just developing them? I think that's a critical thing to think about. Sometimes in leadership, we think it's all about getting you from point A to point B to point C. But mentorship is about getting to the part about the individual. And in doing so, then we can uphold standards. It's kind of like the bank account principle. We found that these great managers that were really moving the needle forward, they understood that every day they needed to make deposits of trust with mm -hmm. the individuals that they were leading. And in doing so, that allowed them over time 
and at times to make withdrawals to, to talk about, okay, I got, I, I need you to do better. I need you to perform a little bit more. I can have higher standards because they were equally as high on their ability to connect. And so I think that's a key found out, a foundational piece of this is how do you become the mentor in the story, not just the manager? Mm, I do love that. And gosh, I love that you did all five C's, you know, and, and I'm not going to be able to, to tell them all because I stopped writing things down because I realized I could watch a recording. But what I do want to say out of that is I love that you've, you've worded it into a mentorship position. You know, I always referred to it as, you know, there's a difference between leadership and management. And so, yeah, you're just referring it to that mentorship, which is really just, it's, it puts the teaching aspect on a higher uh, spectrum. And I really enjoy that aspect. Um, so you have really been making some big movements in the corporate world and shedding some light, you know, with the people who are mentoring their teams and being really impactful in that ways. So tell me a little bit about some of the feedback you have gotten from these mentors now and what they, their takeaways are after working with you and listening to your guidance. Yeah, one of the recent things that we just created was a 52 video masterclass series, and it's all designed in the in the realm of micro learning. So each one of those videos is no longer than six minutes. And the goal was after I would come in and speak and do a presentation, how do we keep the message alive? You know, we go to a concert or you go to yeah. a motivational seminar or a business event and you have these cool moments, but how do you help the moments to last? Because ultimately the coolest thing about a leader's job is that it matters. The hardest part about a leader's job is that it matters every single day. Mm. How do you maintain consistency? And my goal as a professional speaker and as a researcher and someone who's ultimately trying to create workplaces where people go home better moms, they go home better dads, and that creates better relationships with their children and better families. And ultimately, I think so much of our lives and our stories and, and the world that we live in is based upon our work and, and, and how we experience our lives through work. And so this masterclass series has been a beautiful thing that organizations have been able to take and implement day after day, week after week, to keep the dialogue open, to have the conversations, to implement the things of good mentorship in the workplace, how to create over time a place where people truly say, I love it here, not just talking about it. Um, a lot of organizations and even a lot of families will talk about how how amazing and how wonderful they are and how how successful their children are and how amazing it is to work here. Um, but my you know that's what's so interesting about what my what my approach has been going in undercover is I would go into big organizations that professed many amazing things and how they treated their employees. And when I would go in undercover, it was completely the opposite. Uh, yeah. So, so the, the goal in all of this is to keep the momentum moving forward. And the masterclass has been a beautiful thing to see leaders continually not just preach that they're a great organization to work for, but to become daily and weekly and monthly the place where people actively choose. They choose them uh, and they choose that place of work because it allows them to write a better story. 
Oh, you're you're hundred percent. And I I love the title. I love it here because ideally that is the that's where we want to be. We want to love it here. We want to have a sense of pride where we go to work and we want to want to get up in the morning and be excited about our day and what's next. And I think really what you're cultivating is, you know, when we have the consistency, which is what we have to have regardless and anything new that we're learning and any new development, we're always continuously learning. So you have to have that piece, but really you're cultivating this, not only in the workplace, but like you've said, into our families. So we're taking these tools that we can apply in every aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I, and I think it too, you know, I, so much of my area of expertise is within the realm of business and corporations, but it, it's it's simultaneously connected to the same thing on how we would approach our families, how you would approach a relationship, uh, parenting. I mean, it's all it's all universal, timeless principles that just work, uh, not just in the corporate world, but in life in general. What got you excited about going the corporate route? Is it because you know, you've really seen that so much of our lives are engaging in our career fields or was it something else? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually started out in the in the youth world, in the world of speaking to high school students and elementary students and junior high students. Um, I, I still love to do that from time to time. They're a great audience. Uh, I call it the Raptors cage. If anybody can go and give a presentation to 2,000 high school students <laughs> in the gymnasium for 45 minutes, uh, you can still eat a lot uh, if you're not a good speaker, if you don't know how mm. to tell good stories and engage an audience. And so any success that I've had as a speaker, I always credit to the kids because they have uh, really taught me how to be a, a better presenter. So I started there, and that message slowly started to resonate with educators obviously with the Mr. Jensen story and how an educator changed my life. Mm. So I started doing uh, transitioning more into speaking to, to teachers and professional development uh, conferences and district meetings and speaking to administrators. And then I started my research as the undercover millennial. And the majority of that was done in corporations. And so that tro so slowly transitioned into the corporate space. And that's where I spend the majority of my time now. And I love it. I mean, the through line of all of this is creating an organization that people never want to leave, whether that's high school students in 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 high school and, and you know, the, the issues with bullying and stress and depression and anxiety and social media and the suicide rates and all that. Like, how do we create a place where kids mm -hmm. like themselves best because they're in school? Same thing for teachers. How do you create a, a classroom and an educational environment where teachers aren't burnt out and they're not living in fear constantly mm -hmm. and then in the corporate space? How do we create an organization where people don't just survive at work, but they can actually thrive? And so the yeah. through has consistently and always been, how do you create an organization that people never want to leave? Absolutely. And they're there's not a better time than now and what we're experiencing, you know, with silent quitting and, you know, just the transition of what the world has been going through at this time and people, you know, really living in that, you know, we came from the fear 
base factor when, you know, the COVID period was happening and then entering back into the workforce and not really feeling appreciated. And yeah. so I think that there's there's not been a better time for what you're creating and your services. And again, how much it really impacts us on every level. You know, if we are not satisfied with what we're doing primarily during the majority uh, of the hours throughout the day, then, you know, we're not going to be very impactful in, in any regard, you know? So very great. I tell us a little bit while we have some time, I would love to know you, you've got some history with your piloting experience. I know that there was a pivotal moment for you and a lesson learned. Can you share with the audience and me a little bit about that experience? Yeah. Uh, are you talking about NASA? Is that, is that what you are? I, I mean, so you have the pilot experience and you had this, this one time where you didn't make it. And yes, I absolutely want to hear further about NASA. So I'm going to let you lead the way on what you feel makes the most sense. Yeah. So for me, aviation's always been a part of my life. Um, I, I literally ate, slept, drink, uh, aviation when I was a little kid. I loved it. I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. Um, I was diagnosed with an eye disease that kind of ended that whole journey for me mm. um, at a very young age and um, had to stop going to flight school, ended up going to um, college and pursued a completely different career. I was in the medical world. And it was really interesting because during my college years, I had a mentor that shared with me a quote by Oscar Wilde. And the quote says, to live is the rarest thing in the world. For most people merely oh. exist and that is all. And for me, I felt like post-college, to some degree, I kind of chased the money. I chased the 401k, the benefits, stability, yeah. security, all the things that they tell you that you need uh, to be a responsible human being as you grow up. And I did that um, and also stifled a little bit of my heart and what I love to do. And I, I just had a desperation one day. I, I asked two of my buddies, I said, wouldn't it be crazy if you could find a job that allowed you to do what you loved, it had a sense of purpose to it, that allowed you to do something bigger than yourself most of the time, but it also allowed you the opportunity to provide, mm. to provide for your family, to provide in a way in your life monetarily uh, that was sufficient for you. And both my buddies were like, I just don't know if that exists. You know, all three of those in one job, you know, look at a school teacher, you know, it's full of passion and purpose, but every summer they're looking for other jobs to make ends meet or look at a doctor making good money, but they're, they're stressed and the passion dies and the, the malpractice issues and, and just all the charting. And they just, they said, I just don't, I think what you're asking for Clint is so rare. And when they said that it triggered that quote from Oscar Wilde, where it says to live is the rarest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. For most people merely exist and that is all. And two weeks after that conversation, I quit my job and I completely burned the ships and I jumped into the world of professional speaking for, because for me, it was the industry that allowed me to live. It, it fulfilled those three P's. I was able to do what I was passionate about. It had a sense of purpose to it. And I was able to provide in a way that was sufficient for me and my family. And truly the day I quit my job was the day that I started living. 
And again, I, Mark Twain's the one that's always coined with this phrase that there's two important days in a person's life, the day you're born and then the day you figure out why. And I think sometimes we live a life by default. We get this mentality of, okay, well, I just, I'm working for, for the weekends. I, I, I'm paying the bills. It's a job. It's just a job. Like I, I'm just, I'm just here uh, versus living a life of significance because at the end of your life, I believe you're going to be surrounded by two things. You're going to be surrounded by the woulda, shoulda, couldas, or you're going to be surrounded by the do it, did it, done it. And for me, uh, I wanted to have a, a life well lived on path and on purpose. And uh, just actually recently coming full circle, uh, two days ago, I just went and got my medical certificate renewed uh, because six years ago, they came out with a new procedure called cross-linking that completely stopped my eye disease. I was going to be blind at the age of 31, 32, and they just came out with this new procedure and I had it done on my left eye and then I had it done on my right eye and it 100% stopped the progression of my eye disease. And then a few years ago, they just came out with scleral lenses um, that now allow me to see 2020. And I, two days ago, I just passed um, my medical uh, examination uh, to become a pilot, full-time uh, commercial pilot once again. And so now aviation is slowly starting to come back into my life. And so and as someone who's, who believes in God, um, I, I do. I think that sometimes good things fall apart in our lives so that better things can fit together. And that has totally been my story and my experience. And it's been an amazing journey to be a part of. Oh, you have inspired and moved me. Congratulations. And I mean, wow, that is so, so cool. And I, again, once felt honored for you sharing that with us here on this platform on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Uh, who says miracles don't happen? You know, and, you know, it's just amazing the opportunities that can be opened up when, when things happen. And so, I mean, it leads to another question, which you've already kind of started going into, but what is next? Because, you know, diving a little bit further into flying again, because the, the opportunity and possibility is now there for you. So what are you thinking? What is next? What's above and beyond? Yeah, I think one of my big goals personally is to create a, a youth foundation uh, that gives kids with disabilities or underprivileged children the opportunity to experience flight. Mm. And so we're working uh, hard now to to purchase um, a helicopter that is solely dedicated to that initiative um, in serving. Uh, my whole mantra to my life is it's not about being the best in the world. It's about being the best for the world. Mm -hmm. And man, if you can tie in your passions, your, your strengths, things that uplift you into doing the same for other people and, and, and lifting and, and inspiring, making our world a better place, then what a combination. I feel like that is living. That is living a life of significance, not just a life of success. And so that foundation that we would call uh, Dream Machines, Dream Machines um, is, is the next new adventure uh, slowly embarked on uh, help give back to many pilots that gave me that same experience as a young aviator in my own life. 
That is so rocking cool. I love it. So yeah, you're just rocking the world in so many ways with drumming, with flying, all of the cool stuff and, um, you know, really giving back. And, and the quote, uh, it's not about the being the best in the world. It's about being the best for the world. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to. It's incredible. Um, I have a comment that came through. Let's bring it in. Brooke says, just have to say that I attended a virtual training back in December of 2020 with Clint, which sparked something in me. I am now seven months away from graduating with my degree in HR. That's incredible, that is, Brooke. That is awesome. It's good to, good to, to hear from you, Brooke, and congratulations. The, the world of HR and the significance that you're going to be able to make in people's lives in that industry uh, will will never be forgotten. So congratulations to you. That's amazing. Mm. You are absolutely, Clint, making a difference in the world and touching our youth. And I mean, you're really just across the board when you're working with adults alike too. I mean, adults, they have already gone through, you know, so much turmoil in life. And so in igniting another spark within them is a pretty powerful thing. And um, I want to thank you again. I want to make sure that our audience knows where to reach you. And your website is www.clintpulver.com. I'll spell that out for our listening audience. It's www.clintpulver.com. Again, www.clintpulver.com. And Clint, you have been an incredible guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show is, is there anything else you would love to leave our audience with today? I think just cherish, cherish today, cherish today. Uh, uh, tomorrow is never promised. And sometimes I think when we live in tomorrow, we have a lot of forgetful yesterdays. And, and when we live in the past, sometimes uh, it doesn't allow us to just be fully present. And so today truly is a gift. So make the most of it because that's all we have is just for today and strive to just live. Don't just exist. Life is amazing. Life is beautiful. And every day uh, you have the opportunity to see what's wrong in this world, or you can choose to see what is right. And I believe uh, that is the essence of a life well lived is when you choose to see the opportunities, the good uh, that surrounds you every day. And when we accentuate that, lean into that and strive to replicate that more in our lives, we get to live a better story. Mm, that was a wonderful message. Thank you so much. Strive to see the beauty every single day. Clint, again, it has been truly an honor. Um, I just, uh, oh, <laughs> if we have time for one more comment, Manly says, sequel, what about NASA? I'm hooked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um so NASA, I had the opportunity to go and present at NASA, which for me as a pilot and an aviator was an absolute dream come true. And uh, I had the opportunity to work closely um, with the astronaut uh, crew, um, as well as all of the engineers and the other amazing people at the, the, the Johnson Space Center in Houston. And um, just to rub shoulders with some of the most brilliant, uh, amazing people that truly dedicate their lives to living and to exploring and to going above and beyond um, in this world was 
something I will never forget. And I had the opportunity to work closely with two of the astronauts um, that have been now assigned to the Artemis II mission, uh, returning back to the moon. And um, man, if you were to ask me, you know, years and years ago, you know, would this be your life, Clint? Would you have these opportunities? I don't know if I necessarily um, uh, would have totally uh, known that this would have taken place, but I think that's the beauty of life, right? Yeah. You know, it, you know it, if you're if you're facing in the right direction, all you have to do is just keep walking. Mm-hmm. And 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 in life, if you just go as far as you can see, I found that usually when you get there, you're able to see a little bit further. And again, you know, as someone who believes in God, I believe that God can't steer a parked car to some extent, right? So, so just move, move and design your life and, and live within those three P's, passion, purpose, and the ability to provide. And it's amazing the things that will take place uh, just by taking action little by little over, over time, those little actions become a lot. And so NASA was one of those incredible experiences for me um, that because of a dream and because of slow consistent things over time, I was able to do and be a part of something that was uh, very fulfilling and very amazing for me. You're an inspiration, sir. Thank you again. Thank you again. Really, really love it. All right. Well, I want to thank our audience for being here today and for tuning in on the Wellness Driven Life Show. If you do have comments in the future and you're watching this replay, go ahead and leave them and I will get back to them or somebody on the team. And, you know, when we're live, tune in, leave those comments so you can engage with our speakers that we have and our guests. And I want to let everybody know, uh, Thank you so much for being here and I'm going to say goodbye for now and we will see you tomorrow.